Other listeners, welcome back. Um, I'm Keziah Berg, and I'm here with my lovely co-host. Andrew Weeb. And today we have a lovely guest with us. Why don't you introduce yourself? My name is Mike Schmidt. Ah, yes. Nice to meet you, Mike Schmidt. <laughs> uh, so yes, today we're going to be giving a bit of an interview and an introductory uh, sort of podcast of Mike Schmidt here, who is a new professor and faculty and staff and all other titles you want to add at Prairie here. <laughs> um, and so this is for all prospective students, current students, people that are just listening, giving a bit of an introdu- introduction to some of the people here on campus. So Mike, to get us started, could you give us a little fun fact about yourself? Fun fact about myself is that despite a Mennonite heritage, I have actually won an international hula dancing competition. Wait. That's very much not Mennonite of you. (laughs) Can you please elaborate on this a little bit? When and where? (laughs) It was a while ago. Um, It was not in this country. It was before social media, so there is no video evidence of it. But the Not bottom line on, like, is that, <laughs> I mean, it, it was a full out competition. I, you know, grass skirt, the whole thing. Um, oh my gosh. And I won the competition and then was able to do a number with a Filipino national dance troupe. Wow. That is the best. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a random story, but I love it. It was a great fun fact. <laughs> Thank you very much for sharing. So uh, now that you're here, um, just so we could get you a bit of a, a feel for you, what, what are you doing here at Prairie? What is your pro- program? Are you, what are you teaching? Could you give us a little details about that? All right. I get the privilege of being able to direct the intercultural studies program. So all those that are wanting to learn about other cultures, uh, they end up being my students. And so I direct the program, but then get to teach a lot of the core courses as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very nice. Could you just give us a few of the specific classes in case people are wondering? So uh, one of the key courses will be cultural anthropology that I'll teach, uh, cross-cultural competence of how we're going to fit in. Uh, also, we'll be teaching about, about the, uh, how the church grows uh, cross-culturally and what are the, some of the different methods that, that we use. Those are some, some of the classes that, that I teach. Very cool, very cool. Um, so you're obviously a program director as well, right? So yes. you're, which program are you the director of? So it's the Bachelor of Arts in Intercultural Studies, and very that cool. includes the social, global social, social justice. <laughs> that yeah, means you good. also like head up Globetrack a bit, right? I, not a bit. No, I, I am you deep are. <laughs> into Globetrack. <laughs> yes. we, we can't escape not asking you a bit about Globetrack. Yeah, oh, you for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could you explain a little bit what that is? I mean, we talk about it a lot, but... Please All explain right. it. The Globe Track, I have, I have taught at a number of different schools, and every school has a study abroad program, but mm-hmm. nobody has a Globe Track program. The Globe Track is everybody else's glo- uh, study abroad program, but then on steroids. Oh. And <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it's, it, most study abroad programs are one semester long. This one is two full semesters. Uh, most study abroads will include a trip to one place in the world, and then that person will stay there for s- roughly three to three and a half months. Whereas Globetrek is actually a program where you're going to have your internship be six months long. So that gives us a chance to let the students learn a lot more of the local language, to get a lot more involved in the, in the local culture and the community. 
But then, if that's not enough, um, but wait, there's more. <laughs> um, before you do the six month, there is a four to five week t period where we send you just traveling into as many countries in the world as we can. Uh, and the goal is, is that we actually want to have the students by the end of the globe track to say that they have set foot had interactions with both locals, people doing ministry, in every major ethno-religious block in the world. Wow. And so that five weeks, they will spend anywhere from three to five days in each country, and then they move on to another one, and then they move on to another one, and we just keep bouncing them around. Mm -hmm. So it's exhausting, but it's also going to be the trip of a lifetime. So you do that for four to five weeks, then you do the six-month internship and get to, instead of just seeing a smattering of highlights, now you get to actually sit down for six months, learn language, and really make a difference. And then at the end, just so that you uh, go home <laughs> with something really big to talk about, we do the same thing again yeah. with another four weeks of travel and try to bounce through every continent except Antarctica. Sorry, the penguins will have to be on your own time. <laughs> and, so uh, <laughs> and every major ethno uh, religious block in the world that whether you're going to stay in Canada, you're going to meet, doesn't matter who you meet, you've met somebody from that, you know, it's, you have experience in that region of the world and you're going to have an instant connection. But if you're also looking for like, I wonder where God wants to use me in the world, then you've had a chance where God has been able to put a call on your life in, as you walk those streets and, and pray for that country. Very awesome. cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yes. So uh, next up. You know, we're kind of talking about your program a bit, but now let's talk about what you. Uh, <laughs> it almost sounds a little selfish, but a little individualistic, right? Individualistic, that's it. We already know about the hula dancing. <laughs> so uh, would you mind just giving us just a short testimony, actually, it's kind of your background, your, your life leading up to this point. All right. Well, I was uh, born into a family that was really involved in, in cross-cultural work. Uh, my parents were... Uh, workers in the Belgian Congo back in the 50s and early 60s. And so that's, I actually got my start in the Belgian Congo, but didn't see the light of day <laughs> until uh, my parents had been evacuated because of the troubles around the time of the, the revolution there. Hmm. And so I was actually born in, in California, but it was born into a family whose hearts were all in cross-cultural work. And mm -hmm. so that, that really had an impact on me. And I came to find out who Jesus was and wanted to be a follower of Jesus very early in my life. And, and then I kind of, uh, you know, just did the normal growing up in Canada kind of thing for, and looking for normal careers and all that. And it was in my first year of college where God really put a you know, his finger on me and just said, you know, what do you want your life to be about? And it was through that, it was, it was a bit of a challenge to say, well, maybe I want to go into a work where I get to work cross-culturally and work with people who are, uh, who don't have any opportunity to know who Jesus was. And that was, for me, a really big shift in my life. And all of a sudden, all the things that I had kind of hoped and dreamed and I was much stronger in maths and sciences and the social sciences. And so I thought I was going into that field. And all of a sudden, that just lost its luster for me. And the idea of spending my time getting to know other people from other cultures just started to build and grow as a passion. And well, that has brought me, uh, you know, to Africa. I spent 18 years over there. And then uh, when I got an opportunity to come back to Canada for all kinds of reasons, but 
what I realized is I get to work with young people and help launch them into the career. And that's, that is just as exciting, I'm finding, as actually being there myself. Wow. Very cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so what we have next is, so your program, you have such, you have such a big, large job to do and like your program. Are there any like goals that you have or like big things that we can like be praying for or just like what you want to do in your job? Well, certainly, you know, one of the, the biggest goals is that we want to see, you know, students in the program because my heart is definitely, I want to see the world reached. And I know mm -hmm. that we still have a job to do to send people out. And so the program is all about preparing people. Now, some people will stay here and work with people in, of other cultures, and I'm excited about that too. Um, but there is a place also that I want to see uh, more students in the program, but then students, and I don't know, I'm, I'm praying and asking God to kind of direct me what's my percentage, but I would love to see, let's say, just throughout the number, 50% of the graduates from the BA in IS would be uh, living cross-culturally in a ministry setting, uh, say five years after graduation. Um, for me, that's one of those goals that I would have, that I know that we are successfully, and then I'd love to track with those students. I don't want to just be their professor and then kick them out into the world and go be happy, you know, but then to keep following them and to say that there's a certain percentage, like 10 years down the road, they're still there. They're still working in that ministry. And, you know, to me, that would show success in the program because they came here, were well prepared, and then went out and were able to be successful in that, in that career. Just think about that. I have a question. You're talking about cross-cultural ministry and kind of that idea of that. I was wondering if you could elaborate, like, what is ministry? Is ministry just going to be with some people and planting a church and moving on? Or, like, is there different areas of ministry? Or, like, what, let's say, oh, I'm a person and I, I'm scared to do a bunch of this stuff. Where, where do I work? I don't know, like, how wide of a variety is ministry when you're talking about this cross-culturally? Yeah, I mean, I will break down the ministry of God. I mean, when God sends us out on mission, what is it that... that that encompasses. And I see like five key things that you're going to have. And I mean, the first is proclamation, this idea. And a lot of times we call that evangelism. The idea that we're going to people that have no idea that Jesus wants to be their, their friend, their savior. Um, and so we are there simply to give them an opportunity to make that response. The second one is the idea of discipleship. You know, once people make that decision, we don't you know, some people, that their whole focus is proclamation, and, and they just tell, and, you know, once somebody understands, they move on. They want to go to someone else, and we need other people that come along and say, okay, I want to walk with these people and teach them what this is and, and help them to realize, how does this make sense in their own culture? Then there's another whole side of human need. I mean, Jesus was always about healing the sick, helping the hungry, uh, finding those that are hurting, whether they had problems with demon possession. You know, he was always saw their physical needs and he wanted to meet those. And so that can be another emphasis of what people will go. And this can look like working in orphanages or, you know, trying to rescue people out of sex trafficking uh, situations. It can be working with people where the Sahara Desert is expanding, and so their farmland is becoming less and less fertile, and we're going to help to find techniques to allow them to keep raising the food they need to feed their family and their country. Uh, 
the next area, like a fourth area, is the whole idea of systemic oppression. And um, this is what we often, it gets called the global social justice. So when there are situations where it's not just somebody had some bad luck, it's like the whole system is bent against them. Or, you know, like in certain countries where it's like, wow, the sex trafficking is a real problem. It's not like we need to go in and just pull all these, rescue these people who are stuck in that trade. Because the problem is the laws are such that there's really no, there's no penalty for the people who are running this. And if we could work in the political realm and in the, where this, the system is being created, we could create a system that wouldn't allow that to happen. And then the, the fifth, which is not on everybody's list, but it's one that I think is pretty important to me. And that's the whole idea of creation care, that how do we care for the, our world? And this isn't... Uh, you know, we talk a lot about climate change, and, and I don't like when I hear on the news climate change because it's all geared out of fear. If we don't do something, we're all going to burn up. We're all going to have this or that happen to us. And the problem is fear is just such a weak motivator because as soon as we don't see the problem, we're not motivated anymore. Whereas our mandate to take care of creation didn't start because, oh no, we think that the average temperature has risen this, or there's a CO2 level issue. We were mandated to care for creation back in the Garden of Eden. Uh, God told Adam to care for the garden and to take care of it. That's where it started. And, you know, it's like, why do we do it? So that we have a great place to live, so that we don't have to suffer? It's like, that comes back to that individualistic, everything's at me. It's like, no, what, is, what do the Psalms say? All creation declares the glory of God. You know, and when we mess it up and we destroy something with acid rain, does that declare the glory of God very well? No, we've, <laughs> we've hampered that ministry, that avenue of ministry from happening. So when I think about taking care of creation, I'm thinking about I want all creation to be declaring the glory of God to the best of its ability because that will lead people. I mean, Romans 1 tells us that people can see creation and they can look at it and say, well, there's got to be a creative, loving God. When you look at a garbage dump, you know, or something that's just really poorly managed, do you think, wow, there's a loving God? Out? No, we don't. You know, it okay. hampers that witness going forward. So I include creation care, and it's something that a lot of mission organizations are now starting to t spend a lot more time thinking about. So, you know, you may not be the best at talking to people, but boy, you love to go and work with ecosystems. I think you have a vital role to play in the mission of God. Thank you once again for saying some of those things and sharing that with us, yeah. Mike. It's very interesting, especially <laughs> for people who like potentially could be like looking towards this program or something, just to know like what goes on in the inside. That's very cool. Because I don't think, it, you know, a lot of people think, well, it's just about being an evangelist and they think, oh, I, that's the hardest thing in my whole Christian life to have to do. And it's like, I'm going to run away from that. But that's, it's, it's much broader than that. And there's yeah. a lot of avenues. And if we're all... You know, just like Paul said to the Corinthians, if we're all afoot, you know, we're in trouble. We need mm -hmm. the feet, the hands, the ears, the nose. We need everything. Yeah. And there, the, the mission of God is vast and it needs a wide variety of people. Awesome. Thanks for saying those things, Mike, there. So kind of as we get to the end of this thing, we're wondering if you could just share your favorite part about prayer. You know, you're new to this community. We could get your perspective. Some of us, I mean, we've only been here for a couple of years, but yeah. <laughs> sometimes you're already already set in that motion. You don't see the things that you used to. Yeah. So is there something you observed that you found just really fascinating or cool about prairie when you got here? 
Oh, I think, you know, like I got here in the summer and so there was no students, but you got to see the faculty and staff and there was a number of events where there was just this, I came on and I mean, people had only been able to see me on a Zoom call because of not being able to visit as part of the candidate process and the interviewing process wasn't done in person. And yet when I got here, they all seemed to know who I was, which <laughs> is intimidating when, when you don't know who anybody is, but everybody knows you. And you know, but it, it meant that much. It's like they are, you know, it didn't matter if they were a secretary, an accountant, or if they were teaching in the Bible department. Uh, they all had an interest that I'm the new guy in the intercultural studies and that it was kind of the family. And then as the students came in, uh, I've just enjoyed watching that same family atmosphere amongst the students. I had uh, one group came into my culture anthropology class and all of a sudden they got desks in a circle and they got bringing out food. And, and it turns into, my class turns into a little picnic. Yes. <laughs> we won't mention who may have instigated that. Yeah. But, you know, but I love that because it just shows like we, we're here for an education, but we're also here for the community. Yeah. And that to me is just, you know, was such a special thing to see. It's like, yeah, I like being a part of this community. Mm -hmm. Oh, Thank you very much, Mike. Very cool. Well, I think that is us signing off for the most part. Uh, we want to thank you again for coming out and chatting with us. Um, it was awesome to learn about this program a little bit more. Um, yeah, for anyone listening, if you have any prayer requests, feel free to send those in to us. We are happy to share those anonymously just so people around that are listening to us can pray for you. Uh, so yeah, shoot us an email at kaziah.berg at prairie.edu. And at andrew.weeb at prairie.edu. And that is us signing off for the day. So have a good rest of your day, people. Farewell. <laughs> <laughs>